Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to be talking about the Expanding Expression Toolkit. But before we dive into that, there are a couple things that I wanted to bring up. A couple of you reached out to us about our special mini episode about 4th of July. And you mentioned that you did some of the activities that we had brought up. And we were so happy to hear that you loved all of our ideas. Um, I also wanted to share that a close friend of mine, Angela, she's actually on Instagram at Fired Up in Fifth. Um, she's a fifth grade teacher. Uh, she reached out to me after our teletherapy episode and recommended a really awesome resource. GetEpic.com is another website that's free for educators, and you can set your students up with a code and you can assign different books to them. Most are audiobooks, but there is also an option to read them. And you can search for different books based on their interests. They also have videos and short quizzes. And I thought that was a really awesome resource that I just wanted to share. I always hear my teachers at school talking about Epic, but I never really knew what it was. And I had never heard of that. So what a cool resource, guys. There's seriously just so many cool things out there. Like we're still learning them too. So please recommend us things. If you know something that sounds like something we mentioned that would be beneficial for people to hear about because there's no way we can possibly know everything that's out there. Yeah, for sure. So like Rachel said, this week we are talking about the Expanding Expression Toolkit, and this is such an amazing resource. It was created by Sarah Smith. She began her SLP career in a public school system, and her goal was that she really wanted to focus on developing and teaching different language strategies. Yeah, so she actually went to Central Michigan University, which is where I did my bachelor degree in communication disorders, and this was a really big thing when I was there. There were a ton of kits in the clinic, and our professors really pushed using this in pretty much every single therapy session. You can tie it in somehow. And Claire and I also saw Sarah Smith present on the Expanding Expression Toolkit at a conference called OSpeak, which is in Ohio, um, specifically for speech language pathologists that work in the school system, which was awesome. Yeah, and that was so informative. And um, I'm not sure if she's doing any others. I'm, I well, know. I know not now because yeah. of it, but um, I'm sure if you look up some stuff. Um, online and on ASHA, there's probably a bunch of things by her that you could hear about her talking about the toolkit. Yeah. But basically the main goal is to teach children how to give informative descriptions and definitions. So it's essentially enhancing their vocabulary words and increasing their overall length of utterances. So as far as evidence-based strategies, this is seriously one of my favorite for targeting, expanding, and enhancing overall utterances. I feel like this tool is mainly geared toward elementary level kids, um, so kids in the school system, but I've used this form with a lot of my early intervention kids in an outpatient clinic. So these kids were two and three years old. You can use some form of this with little ones as well. Um, 
So parents and SLPs for that matter, it's important to note that it's not 100% necessary to purchase the kit in order to implement the tool. You can make your own visual, you can implement your own activities once you kind of know what this tool is about. And you'll still, I think, see a ton of success from this strategy, even if you do a lot of it on your own. The toolkit is broken down though into seven categories. So each one is associated with a different color and symbol. So we're gonna go through each of those, but essentially the different categories, the first one is group or category. The next one is function, and then looks like or appearance, made of or composition, then parts, where or the location, and then what else do I know? So seven total big categories that we talk about. We're going to run through each of these categories, like I said, individually and explain a little more about them. And then we'll give you a bunch of different activities that you can use in therapy sessions or at home. Perfect. So the first color is green. So green stands for group or category. And for some reason, this is the one that my kids always have a really difficult time with. It seems to be the toughest concept for them to grasp. Is that the same for you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's the first one that I usually go for too, which makes it kind of hard because they have such a difficult time with it. But yeah. So I found that in the beginning, it's easiest to give them a choice of two, then you can expand it to a choice of four and kind of build up from there um, all the way to them being able to list it themselves. So I usually phrase the question, what group does this belong to um, or category? So we're going to give you an example throughout all of these and our target word is apple. So if we were talking about an apple, and we asked our students, what group does it belong to or what category? And you're presenting two different choices. You would say, is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? Or you can make it more broad if they don't, if they're still having difficulty grasping that concept, you could say, is it clothing or is it food? And it's really important to keep in mind a visual aid. Um, That's great for this situation. So you can have both a picture of an apple and then pictures of the different categories or groups that you're presenting to them. Yeah. And I have also done like sentence completion with this one because for the little kids, uh, so under elementary level, their concept of what a category or a group is might not be there. They might not know that vocabulary word yet. So I say an apple is a kind of, or an apple is a type of, and almost script them to understand, to finish my sentence that way. Um, so that's another way, just if you're not having any success with like the choice, I think the choices are the best route for sure. But yeah. if you need something else, that's another one too. So the next one is blue, which is do or function. So whereas green tends to be the toughest, I feel like blue seems to be the easiest. Yeah. At least from mine that I've seen with these. Um, Essentially, like I said, it's the function. So what do we do with an object? So going back to apple, an apple we eat. Um, We can also say though, what does the object do for 
us because I think sometimes words are hard to explain by function if it's not an object. So if it's more, um, if it's not as concrete, if it's a little more of an abstract concept. So for example, a doctor, he helps us feel better when we're sick. That's what he does for us. I've had some kids get confused if the prompt isn't tangible, like I said, like an object. Mm -hmm. So when you get to older kids working on more specific vocabulary. So maybe they're learning about New York City and you're trying to give all these elaborate explanations of New York City. So, okay, we know it's a city, that's the group, but what does it do? That doesn't really make sense because New York doesn't really do anything. So try changing it. Well, what does it do for us? It's a place people live. Bingo, there you go. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a perfect way to tie it in with middle school and high school students mm -hmm. is taking those more abstract concepts that you wouldn't necessarily think could be applied to this and break it down from there. Yes. So the next category is, the symbol is a white circle with a black eye on it and that stands for appearance or what does it look like. So when we're talking about what it looks like, there are three main parts that we need to go over. What is the size, what is the shape, and what is the color? So for size, I usually give my students the option of is it big, medium, or small? And I'll usually show them what I mean with my hands. So small, something you can hold in your hand, medium is a little bit bigger, and then big is something huge, uh, like a building or a tree. The next one for what shape? Um, I usually have to, for my littles, like my first and second graders, I usually have to provide them with options because they get a little tripped up. So if we're talking about an apple, um, we would say it's small, it's round, it can be a circle, or you can also ask them if they're always the same shape or if they're different shapes too. And that goes along with what is the color, the last part of what does it look like. I usually ask them, are they all the same colors or are they different? So again, for Apple, we would just add on there that they could be different colors. They can be red, green, yellow, some can have spots on them. Um, I usually break down those three questions and work together to answer them because sometimes they'll just say, it's red, but there's a lot more that we can kind of add to that. Again, I would have a picture of the item that you're talking about in front of you, especially for those littles that you're working with. Yeah. So the next one is brown, which is made of. And I feel like this is a really kind of transition one because it really flows. It flows well off of the previous color and then it goes really well into the next one. Yeah. Um, the next one Rachel's going to talk about is parts. And to be honest with you, made of and parts, I feel like sometimes are one in the same. And you'll hear that when we're describing the apple, they really kind of overlap, but that's okay. So for example, for an apple, what is it made of? It's made from a seed, but you can elaborate on this because it's not just made from a seed. You don't just throw the seed out there and an apple comes out, right? You need sun and water and soil. So you could kind of talk about all of those things, what it takes to make an apple instead of just talking about that it's made from a seed um, or going into the parts of it. Yeah, my students usually have a difficult time with this one too, yeah. especially if it's like a piece of clothing and you have to break it down to yes. like, well, is it fabric or is it rubber? Mm -hmm. or is it wood or is it, yeah. 
it's sometimes hard for me even too, when you, especially when you get into those more abstract vocabulary mm-hmm. words, um, because it's so similar to the next one parts and because some things might not be really made of something if it's not something that's concrete. So um, that's kind of up to your guys' discretion too. I've had times where maybe I skip categories if it doesn't apply to something. Yeah, for sure. So the next one is a pink circle, which stands for parts. Um, so I usually phrase this as what are the parts that or what parts are part of a blank. So for an apple, we could talk about the stem, the skin, the fruit that you eat, there's a leaf. Um, you can also ask them what parts go along with it and kind of expand upon it from that. And again, I know I keep saying this, but a visual is super important for this because a lot of times there are parts or pieces or descriptions that they don't think about and that visual aid really helps them to remember and bring that out. Next is white. So the color white and it goes with where. So white where the location. So where do you find it is what I ask. And this category, I feel like when I teach it anyway, can get super monotonous. Like kids will start telling me that every object I show them is found at the store. Mm -hmm. And that's great because you're right. You get everything from a store. So you're not wrong. But the point of this exercise is to elaborate and expand. So you start having your kids saying the same thing over and over again. You got to change it up a little bit. Um, So for example, Yes, you find a fork at the store, like that's where you get it. But what about in your house? Where is it in your house? Tell me where you get forks when you're in your house. So usually in a drawer, in the kitchen, uh, whatever it is, it would also be cool if maybe they told me, um, oh, I have a fork in my lunchbox right now. Great. You're elaborating on that and associating it with something personal, which is cool too. So going along with the apple, same thing. Yeah, you get an apple from a store, but what about before that? Where does that apple come from? It probably came from an apple orchard or a cider mill, whatever term you use. And again, I'd love if they associated that with them personally and said, I have an apple at my house or in my lunchbox or whatever, just so that it's a little more um, personal to them. That's so true. I get the store a lot or I get like outside. Yep. It's outside. It's yeah. Outside. Yeah. And they use um, it for everything and yeah. they're not wrong, yeah. but <laughs> you know, the point again is to give them more words to use, not the same ones. Yeah, for sure. So the last section or part of this, the symbol is an orange circle with a black question mark. And that stands for what else do I know? So this is the section where you can add any additional information that you haven't already added. So going back to the apple, you can add that you can pick apples at the apple orchard. You can bake with apples and make apple pie. You can use apples to make apple juice, apple cider, apple sauce. Anything additional they have to add to the description you guys have already come up with is great. And honestly, kids will surprise you with information and things to add that you would never think of. So there's actually a little phrase or a song that goes along with this to help students remember. And if you own the Expanding Expression kit, it's actually in the manual that they talk about. But when I was doing one of my internship experiences in graduate school, the SLP that I was working with used this for everything. 
and this little like phrase or catchy song really you don't sing it but it it helped me remember it so much and it's super simple it just basically goes green group blue do what does it look like what is it made of pink parts white where what else do i know and the more you do that it just like solidifying you know the sequence of it remembering all of those different steps i found that it's super helpful for my students and um it helps them remember each part yeah and i've even done it with clapping so it's almost like a chant yeah <laughs> uh, but again like rachel said they remember it like they remember a song so yeah it's not really a song but yeah. for lack of a better word that's essentially how they remember it and how they ingrain it in their memory is through that association with it being the same every single time. Um, and it is really good to pair with the visual because then they know what to expect. Like they know what they're going to have to talk about pertaining to their prompt. Yeah. A chant is a good mm -hmm. description for that. So um, as far as the actual kit goes, I'm looking on the expanding expression website right now. And I'm going to be honest, it's pricey. So if you have, um, if you were for a school district and you guys talk about like, you have a wish list of things that you want, I would definitely put that on there. The full kit I think is $260, but it comes with a ton. So it comes with a manual that kind of breaks down everything that we said, but it also comes with tons of forms for each section which is awesome. It comes with a pre and a post test. It comes with handouts for parents. I use this all the time for speech homework. You also have the option to buy separate parts of the kit. So the main kit comes with a manual, but it also comes with um, steppers. So they're like little foam circles that you probably use in like gym class, but they have each color and symbol of the whole expanding expression tool. And you can use them for a bunch of different fun activities, which we're gonna go over. I have some that I love doing. It also comes with a strand, which I've seen people make these, get really creative and make these with ping pong balls and put mm -hmm. it on um, a piece of rope if you don't wanna purchase it. So that's really helpful. It comes with little stickers that you can use and put on um, a piece of paper when you guys are writing it out together. It comes with a couple cards that just break it down so a student can hold it and look at it and see what comes next. It also comes with a pack of cards for different items to describe. So like I know an apple is one, a crayon, a truck, things like that. And the different add-ons, there are a ton that actually some aren't even included in the kit. So I think those are a little bit newer. Um, but one thing that I love is they have a show and share bag, which that's one of my activities. So I'll go over that in a little, but there's a ton. So I would definitely check that out. But like Claire said in the beginning, you don't have to have the toolkit to use this. And there are a ton of different activities that you can do just knowing how to use the tool. And you can be super resourceful and make your own colored circles and laminate them and kind of get into the rhythm using your stuff as opposed to the kit. One girl I used to work with, actually, I just thought of this because she's, she's awesome. She's like the most creative person I've ever met. But she used the ping pong balls, but she yeah. put them in an empty uh, like Clorox wipes container so she put all the balls in there and then the kid would have to 
put, I mean, you don't have to put it in a Clorox wipe container, right. I guess you can put it in anything, yeah. but the kid would take out the ball and whatever color it was, that's the part that he had to talk about. So the category, the adjectives, what a fun I love that. dollar way. You can get these ping pong balls at the dollar yeah. store and what a fun and different way to use that kit. So yeah, yeah, there's just a lot. And EET has become so big too, that if you start looking on like teachers pay teachers, Mm -hmm. Google, YouTube, you're going to find so much on it. The resources on it are seriously endless. Yeah. There's a ton. So our first activity that we're going to talk about is headbands, which is one of my personal favorite games, just all around. I feel like, um, let me start by admitting that I have never, ever, ever played headbands the right way. Yeah. Um, because what you're supposed to do is uh, the person with the card on their head is supposed to ask like yes or no questions. Like, am I an animal? Am I green? And I just think this game has way much more potential than that, yeah. more language potential than that. So what I have the kids do um, is I have them describe what's on my head and then vice versa. And we'll take turns. Or if you're in a group with kids, they can take turns describing what's on the other children's heads. And that's really fun. So it's really similar to using the actual purchase tool because in the box, it comes with all of the different cards, but it's just different because they're on your head. Yeah. I don't know if you guys follow, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw my post a couple weeks ago, whenever I put something on my head, no matter what it is, if it's a sticker or if I use the headbands headband for like everything, mm-hmm. action cards, colors, stuff like that, it immediately makes the activity 10 times cooler and yeah. the kids just have so much more fun. So I think it just makes it a little different and less boring than just sitting there giving them flashcards. So it's super simple and fun. And like I said, kids just love it being on their head. Um, and I usually give them the visual with it. So like Rachel keeps saying too, always with that visual and we will link a good free visual. There's a couple on teachers pay teachers, but, Mm -hmm. um, we'll link a couple of those because those are really easy to find also, but giving them the visual so that they have those colors and categories in front of them so that they know what's expected and they know what clues that they're going to give when they're describing that object. So again, I just wear it the card on my head and the child has to give me all seven categories or maybe just one or two, depending on what level they're at. I don't think we've said this yet, but I wouldn't suggest throwing them all on all these categories on them at once. I would start with one and then push it to three, push it to five, um, go slowly through them because, you know, if you're working on this with a child, odds are they're probably not going to be great at it at first because you're working on it with them. So, you know, take it slow, meet them where they're at and don't expect too much at first. Yeah. That's another awesome part about the manual is I'm just guessing, but I think they have like 10 ish worksheets for each section. So in the beginning, if you're just working on category and function, just drill those, use those. That's an awesome. Those worksheets are awesome too. I was just telling Rachel before this, I miss those worksheets because I don't have, I had the tool when I worked at the school, but I don't have it anymore. And those worksheets are awesome. 
Yeah, for sure. So for the next activity, I love this one. I use this a lot. So like I mentioned, the kit comes with little like foam circle steppers, which with each color and symbol for each section. So go outside, get some fresh air or go in the gym when there's no gym going on. It's an off gym day and place them in the shape of a baseball diamond. Pick, maybe pick the four that they need the most work on or you can double up on some. Then you're going to pick your target word and that's kind of like your theoretical baseball that you're throwing at them and you're going to see if they can run the bases and score a home run so say they have the word apple and they're standing on home plate and they need to list the category you're on green and they say it's a fruit awesome they get to run to first base now you're on blue and it's a function and they know that you eat it perfect run to second base but now they're stuck on where because they can't remember the three things that you're supposed to go over they know it's red but they can't figure out the shape and they also know it's small well maybe they're stuck on second then and it's the next person's turn if you're doing group therapy this is awesome because they want to see how far that they can get it's super fun what a fun that. activity to do with a family too like if yeah. you have a family of two or more kids and you just get out there and just color them on pieces of paper, like the colors. Yeah. And how fun would that be for you guys? Like you're burning off energy and you're learning. That's really cool. I love yeah. that. Um, another similar one is doing the same-ish thing, but using a hopscotch. So go outside, draw a hopscotch um, with sidewalk chalk, and you can either place the colors down or use the chalk to draw them, which is awesome. See who can go the farthest. And again, give them that target word, or maybe you're working on blue do function the entire time. You can make each hopscotch square a different word. So this one's an apple, and now we are on a pencil, and now we're on a truck, now we're talking about a scarf, a watch, and see how far that they can go, that really helps. The next thing we're gonna talk about is books, which this is a really easy one, you guys, because while you're reading, they're these pictures are right in front of you. So you can just pick some, um, pick out five to th 10 things from the book that you're reading and use the tool through them. So you can either do this, you know, while you're reading or you can do it after. Uh, I know with older kids in the past, when I worked in the school, I would take, so like fifth and sixth graders that are reading like the chapter books, I would take the chapter that they're working on in class and I would read through it and pick out some words that might be kind of hard for them. Um, so then we wouldn't read through the whole thing. We would just go through the vocabulary words, but we would talk about the vocabulary words, expanding on their expression of them and expanding on the understanding of them. So that's something uh, with the little ones though, like I said, it's really easy. You just pick out some random things. For example, if you're reading The Hungry Caterpillar, which is or The Very Hungry Caterpillar, sorry. <laughs> um, if you're reading that, which is a super popular book, what an awesome opportunity to expand on all these vocabulary words because there's so many of them. I have it here and I'm going to pick out like five for you. Just flipping through the first couple pages, you could do the moon, you could do the sun. Oh, look, a pear and a blueberry and a strawberry. Oh, look, a cocoon. You could even do that too. That would be really fun. Oh, yeah, so there in itself, you have a whole group of words that you could make an entire activity off of. So just something super simple that you probably already have at your house. And Claire, you just gave me a really good idea when you're naming three or four different fruits in a row. This would also be the perfect opportunity to do similarities and differences yes, and compare definitely. and contrast mm -hmm. that, 
oh, these things are all fruits. We eat them all and they all grow on trees, but oh, their appearance is different. What's different about and, them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so for the next activity, I just call it what's in the bag. Like I said, on the Expanding Expression um, website, they actually have a really cute show and share bag you can just as easily use any bag that's not see-through. Like Claire said, you could also use a Clorox container or a bucket or honestly whatever you have. And you can do this a couple different ways. You can put three or five objects in there and give them one thing to work on. So we're just working on function and have them pull them all out and list the function of them all or the appearance or the parts or what it's made of or whatever you're targeting. Um, or you can have three or four different items in there and they've gone through all the sections. You guys have been working on it. It's going really well and they're going to go through all of them. I would have them pick out maybe two or three, look at them, see what they feel most comfortable with, um, right? Because we want them to feel successful um, and have them see if they can go through the whole strand with you and see how far they get. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. The next is apples to apples. And for older kids, this is good too. I feel like um, apples to apples, I, well, first of all, I recommend the junior edition because I think the adult edition can get kind of questionable. They have so, like very complicated, like yeah, the move, yeah. Yeah, that you would like never hear of unless yeah. you were playing this game. So um, highly recommend apples to apples junior because even apples to apples junior has some complicated ones that I sometimes pull out, but it has a lot of relatable things. So it's got a lot of like SpongeBob. It has like a, the Krabby Patty and mm -hmm. um, things like that. And it has Paw Patrol things. So again, relatable things for the child that would be really fun. And it would be a really fun break from them doing, you know, these objects that they the objects mean something to them, but they like talking about SpongeBob better than they like talking about a pencil, you know? So it's just something a little bit different. So, um, apples to apples, you can use the red noun card and the green adjective adjective card and put them into a sentence. So what I've done in the past is I have an actual sentence script in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I also have the EET visual as well so that they have that and they know that that's what we're doing. So this is obviously something I would do after they've already become pretty fluent with the tool and know what to expect from it. But the sentence script would just read a blank, which would be where the red card would go because that would be the noun, is a blank, which is the adjective, where the adjective card would go, and then another blank category. So the, really the only thing they have to fill in is the category because they have their other cards there. But then I would also have them list the other parts or the other categories from the EET. So for example, um, let's say you pull hamster. So a hamster is a, and then you pull unexpected, See, so look how funny that is. Like, that's <laughs> weird. It doesn't make sense, but it's yeah. funny. So a hamster is an unexpected, and then they have to fill in what category it is. And I would say pet. A mm -hmm. hamster is an unexpected pet. Ha ha ha. That's so funny. And you get to laugh about it. And it's great. Um, there are some harder ones, like harder concept ones. So let's say you pull swim party. So a swim party is a, and then I pulled charming. I like that word. Uh, swim party is a charming and they say party. 
and you're like, okay, yeah, it is a party, but a swim party, you already said the word party. Can we think of another word that also means party? Um, and in that I would try and prompt them to say celebration. So a swim party is a charming celebration. So then that's a really good opportunity to opportunity to teach them a new word and also kind of going into synonyms if they're at that level. Yeah. Yeah, So it's a good, a really good opportunity to teach those same words if you're there and sentence scripts again for these older kids guys are super, super helpful because the next step after they're able to say all these seven categories in the EET tool is to be able to put it into a sentence. So a blank is a kind of blank that blank. So I, I truly just make all of my own and, um, I'm sure you could probably find them online as well. Um, and I can even link some of my examples I have, but it's just a way to push them to the next level so that they're not just giving you one word so that they're putting it in a sentence. That's five plus words. Yeah, I like that. A lot of times with my fifth grader, even my fourth graders, cause those are, um, grades that take statewide assessments um, that I know teachers work really hard on the writing portion and making sure you have description and your writing. So I'll take the kit has little stickers, but you can just as easily take markers and do a green dot, a blue dot, a, you know, blah, 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 and kind of give them a target word or even something more complex like New York city, like you said, and have them run that down. And then all I do is take out the spaces or next time we meet I'll have typed it up and have them proofread it do some sentence correction and show them that by writing all of those simple sentences you can put it together and make a paragraph and that's awesome too because that's where that like memory associated recall comes into play so that's why it's so important to teach them these colors associated with the category because if Rachel wouldn't write like how she said she was putting the dots next to so that they associate the color with, oh, okay, green, that's the group, blue, that's the do. She wouldn't be writing these words in it. That would confuse them and that would make it, you know, a lot more visually overwhelming. So teaching them the association of these colors is the, the purpose of that is to make it easier for later on when you're trying to get them to tell me more about something. Yeah. And that's the whole point, right? Like that's why we're meeting for therapies. We want them, we want to give them the tools that they can successfully use outside of our therapy room and in the classroom. Right. Exactly. Which is awesome. So the last activity that we have are the little plastic Easter eggs that Claire Claire (laughs) talked about during our teletherapy episode. These will be back for lots of episodes, but this is the perfect activity to use those as well. I actually saw on Pinterest that someone found a corresponding color for each one. So they, they first they have a green, then they have a blue, then they have a white that they drew an eye on. Love that. Then they, yeah. Then they found like a little cute cardboard or a brown one and then pink for parts, white for wear, and then an orange one that they drew a question mark on and they used the eggs for the EET activity. And I've seen this done a couple different ways. Like I've said in so many things, this activity and toolkit can really be adapted for whatever your needs are. But I saw someone that had tiny little like plastic toys, small enough that would fit in an egg and they filled all seven eggs and they hid them around their therapy room or if their therapy room is small, they hid them around the school. 
and they went on a little like scavenger hunt to find all of these. So first they find the pink one for parts and they open it up and it's a tiny little plastic truck. Okay, so now we're talking about the parts of a truck. There are wheels, there are doors, there's a steering wheel, a window, lights, etc. Put it in your basket, move on, find the next one. It's the white egg with a little eye on it. So now we're talking about appearance. They pop it open, they see that it's a pencil, run through those three questions and move on. And that is a hit. Love that. That's yeah, I mean, so even, fun. Yeah, even getting out of the therapy room yes. and you're still doing the same thing. You still have solid data, right, that you're mm -hmm. tracking and kids love it. Yeah, that is so much fun. Yeah, for sure. So um, I mentioned this in the beginning, but if you don't have $300 to drop on the kit, completely <laughs> understand. I highly suggest um, you just Google EET, find a picture of each section with corresponding description. Um, I print a couple of, couple of those off and just laminate them. You'll use them a ton. You can also build up your collection as you go and buy or make certain parts. Um, but I do think certain parts of the kit are incredibly useful, especially the manual alone. Yes. And those worksheets. I know we've talked about those before, but those worksheets, it takes a lot of your work out of it because it's there and the kid can do it. They can take it home with them. So the parent knows what you're doing. Um, so that's super beneficial, but we will link some of our favorite visuals and Again, I say this, I said this last time too, Teachers Pay Teachers is just a plethora of free materials. And if you type in Expanding Expression Tool, you're going to find so much. So even to just give you some ideas of where to start, if you don't have the kit, that's probably a really, really good first step. But we love this kit, highly recommend it. And um, even if I don't use the kit, I'm constantly using pieces of expanding expression tool and that evidence-based practice of expanding expression tool because it's just so helpful. Yeah, I'm actually flipping through the manual right now and we might do, I'm thinking we might do a part two of this episode and talk about how you can use the toolkit for like middle school and high school students mm -hmm. because they have a whole section on using it just for like student biographies. So when you're talking about made of, what is the person made of? So we're not talking about like skins and bones and organs. We're talking about personality traits or characteristics that they have. Are they brave? Right. Are they heroic? Trustworthy? Yeah. So yeah, I think we'll do a part two on that. Yeah, that's really cool. It gets a lot more complicated, obviously, the older they get, but it's cool to know that it's not just for little kids. You could do it with older kids as well, and it's still helpful for them. Yeah, for sure. So that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. As always, you can find me on Instagram at supersweetspeech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. You can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech 
or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. And if anyone in Virginia or Ohio is in need of speech therapy over telepractice, please contact me, kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. Also, Rachel and I do have a Gmail set up of our own for the podcast. It's just the name. Let's talk about speech podcast. It's a mouthful, I know, but just our whole name at gmail.com. If you have any questions, suggestions, if you want to tell us about a resource that we haven't mentioned yet, please, please, please email us. We'll get back to you. Um, We appreciate the information. That's why we're here. So um, just let us know. We love that you guys listen to us and support us and we will see you next Tuesday. Yeah, sounds good. Bye.